Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. I don't know about you, but I gain a whole lot of wisdom from this thing right here, my cell phone. I listen to audio books. I even read the Bible. I listen to these books while I'm running, while I'm driving, just everywhere. Sometimes I even listen to them in class. I know, that's so bad. (laughs) But the thing about it is that I love a cell phone because it connects us to the world. You can gain great wisdom and godly wisdom right from the palm of your hand, or you can gain wicked wisdom. How to hurt someone. How to do something that's displeasing. And so today, that's what I want to talk about. How do we choose wisdom over wickedness? We're going to see today from Proverbs 4 this great, great truth. And it's this, that wisdom and memories always will outlive the lifespan of any individual. Friends, you'll never forget the times that you have laughed, the times that you have cried. You won't even forget the times that you have possibly been frustrated. You see, when I think about memories, I think about those times. But when I think about wisdom, I'm reminded of my father. Yes, my father has transitioned. He, he died many years ago, but he gave me a good nugget of wisdom that I take with me every day. And that is to always pray, to make sure you make intentional choices, and to include God in everything that you do. Friends, I take that wisdom with me every day, and I try to apply it in every way. But you know, when we think about wisdom, we have to know, again, that it will outlive us. Even when we commit to wickedness, that too will outlive us. I love the way that digital artist Run Wild described wisdom. Run Wild tells us that we need to seek the wisdom of the ages, but look at the world through the eyes of a child. You think about that quote. The eyes of a child, meaning that you're not caught up or strangled by having adult fear. You're not caught up or strangled wondering, okay, if I commit to this action, what will happen? If I commit to this, how will it be? But if we learn to have childlike faith, we'll gain wisdom that comes from our loving Father, and that is God. Today, friends, it's no secret, we continue our Life Wisdom from Proverbs series. We're talking about how to choose wisdom over wickedness, and we are literally understanding that our wisdom that we gain or the wickedness we choose is generational. Proverbs, however, this book of Proverbs, it is generational wisdom that speaks to our lives. And as we reflect today on this generational wisdom, I want you to think about the late, great Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, when he was living, 
he once spoke so high about Elgin Baylor, who has also transitioned recently. Elgin Baylor was an activist, an American basketball player, and guess what? A wise brother. I mean it. Kobe once said this about Elgin Baylor. He said that players that grow up studying the game, we know what Elgin Baylor was and we know what Elgin Baylor is. And there's a reason that every time I see him, I just light up and I make sure to go and talk to him and ask him questions and ask him for stories because there's a lot of wisdom to be gained from him. Friends, generational wisdom is wisdom for life. And we will see today from Proverbs chapter 4 that we can choose wisdom every day. We don't have to fall prey to the trap of wickedness. But this wisdom today comes from a loving father talking to his child. And we notice right there in Proverbs 4 that he gives him the first nugget of wisdom that I want all of us to grab hold to today. He tells his child, you need to make acquiring wisdom a priority. You need to make acquiring wisdom a priority. You see, every now and then, you should put yourself in a child's shoes. Listen to the instruction that your father or your mother gives. You see, this is good and timeless instructions, and it is something that we should remind ourselves of daily. This wisdom writer here in Proverbs 4, he tells this child that when he was younger, his father gave him wisdom. And he held on to that wisdom and chose wisdom over wickedness. He says in verse 4, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight, and do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. You see, hearing these words, you have to understand there's a sense of urgency that this father is telling his child, you must make acquiring wisdom your number one priority. The father is urgently appealing to the son saying, whatever you do, I don't care what you accomplish. I don't care what you do. You have to make acquiring godly wisdom your priority. Friends, in life, we prioritize so many different things, don't we? We prioritize our happiness. We love our happiness. We prioritize our comfort. We prioritize love. And most of us, if not all of us, are really prioritizing success. And hear me, there's nothing wrong with prioritizing those things. However, the wisdom and the instruction that comes from God should always take precedence over accomplishments, achievements, love, happiness, or even comfort. Friends, if you don't believe me, I'm going to pull in some supporting cast members. We see even that Albert Burns Barnes once said this. He said that there is nothing more foolish than an act of wickedness. There is no wisdom equal to obeying God. You hear that? See, this sentiment is what the wisdom writer is passionately expressing right here in Proverbs chapter 4. He's sharing that at all costs, make acquiring wisdom your number one priority, not simply the knowledge of different topics. Mm. 
You see, it's cool to know how to be a mechanic or how to be a doctor or even how to be a preacher. It's cool to know about quantum physics and even know how to run some audiovisual departments. It's amazing to have doctoral degrees, but check this. If you don't have godly wisdom, your life will sometimes be malnourished. Friends, we have to understand that godly wisdom gives us purpose. It keeps us from harm. It beautifies our relationships and our friendships. And guess what? Even my description is only the tip of the iceberg. You see, the ability to live with morals and to make sound decisions is not apart from the knowledge that God gives us and instructs us. So this writer here in Proverbs 4, he tells us that we should never throw away this type of wisdom. We should never turn our backs on this type of wisdom. See, the more and more that I live, I'm learning that the huge mistakes that I have made in my life were when I tried to function without God's wisdom. It was the times when I thought through my actions that I could be a better God than God could in my life. It was the times where I got into this tug of war match, believing that I knew my purpose more than God knew my purpose. The times where I knew who my girlfriend should be instead of going in the way that God was leading me. And it was in those times that I found myself in a room full of harm. Maybe that's you, that you get in this tug of war match with God and you say, God, I want your blessings, but I really don't want your instruction. Friends, it just doesn't work like that. Friends, we have to obey God by listening to God's instructions, understanding God's wisdom and embracing God's wisdom. Friends, we can't fake it till we make it. We can't get so drunk on our comfort. We can't be so overindulgent in our happiness that we say, God, our desire is better than anything you have. No, we have to make acquiring godly wisdom our priority. So consider with me this strategy. How do we do this? Well, first, we need to begin with God's wisdom. First thing, ask for it. If you don't ask, you can't receive, right? So we need to ask God for it. Make that a part of your prayer life. But once that wisdom is delivered, the second thing is we need to learn to apply God's wisdom morally and practically. So once you ask for it, God gives it. You got to apply it morally, meaning that it should affect your ethics. You should apply it practically, meaning that it should affect your life. And you know what that results to? a more effective life where wise choices are made. See, when we make the acquisition of wisdom a priority and follow the strategy, we will do what Proverbs says, not only in chapter four, but also in chapter three, verse seven. We won't be wise in our own eyes, but we will fear the Lord. And guess what we will do? Turn away from evil. See, this is the move, and we do well to make acquiring wisdom our priority. But friends, that's only the first movement. That's only the first 13 chapters that we've seen that is, it's just so filled with wisdom. Friends, I tell you, Proverbs 4 is dripping with way more wisdom than, than what is on this cell phone. 
But I can tell you in verses 14 through 27, we learn that wickedness is a faux pas, but wisdom is fortifying. I'm going to say that one more time. Wickedness is a faux pas, but wisdom is fortifying. A faux pas, yes, I promise. Wickedness is a faux pas. A faux pas, you see, is a significant or embarrassing mistake or error. A faux pas example is being invited to somebody's home, and the whole time you're there, you're talking about how ugly the decorations are, and the owner of the home hears you. (laughs) That's a faux pas. It's embarrassing, and guess what? It helps nor serves anyone. The same is true about choosing the path of wickedness. When you choose wickedness, it's hurtful not only to the people you're hurting, but also to you. It's also an old African proverb that says, you can't dig a ditch without falling in it yourself. Hmm. Wickedness, it makes us believe that we're really getting another person back. It makes us believe that we're really showing them how we feel, but in essence, we are really dirtying up who God made us to be. Friends, we're told in verse 14 to not set our feet on the path of wickedness, nor to choose the way of evilness. But then we catch a glimpse of the method of operation used by those who actually choose wickedness as a way of life. It begins right there in verse 16. It tells us that those who delve into wickedness think about evil and wickedness all the time. They eat anger for lunch. They eat vindictiveness for breakfast. They are just saturated with evil ways. Do you hear that? You may know some people like that who simply want to see people hurt. I want you to know something. (laughs) This is not something that they want it to be. It's something that they strive to be for just a moment, and it took them completely over. Verse 17 tells us that people that are wicked, they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. This means that choosing wickedness or wisdom is a full-time endeavor, friends. You don't try out either for just a moment. It saturates your mind. It saturates your soul. It sucks out some things in you. Or if you choose wisdom, it puts some things in you. You're nice in the midst of chaos. You're, you're, even when people hurt you, you're still giving them grace. Even when people are dishonoring to you, you still honor them. So you really have to understand that either or wickedness or wisdom... It can make or break your life. But after much talk about wisdom, the writer shifts to speaking about the righteous. Righteous is a nice theological word, which literally means that you have faith and you choose morals that God gives over mayhem. Listen to these characteristics beginning in verse 18. We're told that the path of the righteous is lit up but not in darkness. Hmm. You see, the light shines so bright that it lights up the spot wherever it travels. But the wicked, the life that they choose is plagued by deep darkness. And it's so dark that when they stumble, they don't even have a clue as to what made them fall. Hmm. 
See, wickedness, I describe it this way. Wickedness is a tree whose branches are pride, envy, vindictiveness, and malice. But righteousness, on the other hand, is a spring of water that in it includes light, love, and peace. So here's the question that I'd love for you to consider right now. Would you like to eat from the tree or drink from the spring? Would you like to eat from the tree of wickedness and breed hate? Or would you like to drink from the spring of righteousness and live out love? Friends, I can't answer that question for you. I would love to answer it for you. I can tell you that our world needs more people to drink from the spring than to eat from the tree. But only you can choose what's best for you. Friends, we go on and we see that in verse 20, it begins telling us this same father is offering wisdom to his child, saying, my child, please be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them right here within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. This proverb, it ends appealing to everyone to hear these words and to keep them very close to your heart. Why? Because wisdom provides help to our entire body. This wisdom writer, he appeals to us to watch the words we say. But guess what this wisdom writer is also telling us? He's saying you need to guard your heart. I want us to lean into what that means, because I'm sure you probably heard that before, guard your heart, right? Well, you see, our hearts, they're powerful. They're one of the most powerful organs and influential organs in our entire body. You see, the heart is responsible for pumping blood to all of the organs of the body. Without the heart, y'all, we would not live. But the heart also impacts us emotionally, doesn't it? You've heard people say, hey, broke my heart. My heart is just split in two. You heard the love songs. I don't need to sing them to you, right? Well, during the time of Proverbs chapter four, it was a wide belief that the heart was the seat of the intellect. And it was the source of stability for those who choose wisdom over wickedness. The essence of who we are is actually found and takes root in our hearts first before we ever see the evidence in our actions. So in the ancient world, many did not have the knowledge of the physiology of the brain or the kidney or the liver. So all the functions that they associated with the brain, back then they attached to the heart because blood was the essence of life and it flowed from where? The heart. So don't think this is some antiquated belief that has nothing to do with us today, because although, yes, we have knowledge of the brain and the kidney and the liver and the heart, it is important that we learn to ask God for wisdom and also to ask God the question of if the people we meet on a daily basis, the books we read, the things we listen to, do they really deserve to have access to our hearts? It's important that we ask God this question. Why? Because sometimes, y'all, we give people and things and knowledge access to our hearts. And you know what it does? It's, it really hurts us. 
It harms us. If you've ever found yourself thinking bad thoughts about people or doing things that are just hateful, guess where it took root first? Right in your heart. Friends, we have to learn to saturate ourselves with the word of God, to ask God for wisdom, to allow God to shape, to mold, and to form us. So just as Paul said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, we must crave wisdom even when people hurt us. We should not return pain for pain. We must seek wisdom even when we feel pain is justified because guess what? When you feel pain is justified, that's when you need another way to think. And you need godly wisdom to reverse the rage that's inside of you to hopefully replace the rage with righteousness. I know, friends, that there are some times in your life where you're going to meet people and they're going to do something wrong to you and you're going to feel like you want to connect both of your hands to their face. Oh, I know. (laughs) But guess what? It's in those times where you need to remember the strategy. Remember I told you? You need to ask God for wisdom. And once you gain that wisdom, you need to apply it. God's not going to tell you to harm anybody. But God will tell you to give grace to that person. God may tell you to walk away from that environment. God may tell you that, hey, you don't need to kill anyone, but instead you may need to pray for those people. Friends, the life wisdom that this father gave to his child in Proverbs chapter 4 can be applied to all of us even right now. I know that the world is greatly chaotic. I know that there is so much uncertainty. And I know that, guess what? It is frustrating and makes us just want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. But it's in that time of frustration, where we need to pray. It's in that time of frustration where we need to know when when I'm frustrated, it's taking root here first. When I'm angry, it's taking root here first. When I seek revenge, it's taking root here first. So here's the prayer. God, will you have open heart surgery on all of us? God, Will you heal our hearts? Because there is no person in the world (laughs) that can't stand a daily operation on their heart. Friends, we all need it. Friends, we all need it. And so if we're ever going to choose wisdom over wickedness, guess what we got to do? Remain open to God. Remain open to who God leads us to, and to stop thinking so negatively of people and begin to say, God, what's your wisdom on this situation? My hope and prayer is that you'll take the words in Proverbs 4 and apply them to your life. Because the takeaway today, you've heard it, is this, choose wisdom and guard your hearts. Let's pray. Gracious God, we gain so much wisdom from so many sources. A lot of times we confess that you're our last resort. And sometimes your word is our last resort. But help us right now, God, to be able to choose 
to, to choose wisdom over wickedness. Help us, God, to never to choose wickedness. And help us, God, that if there is anything inside of us that needs to be healed or rid of, please do that for us now. In Christ's name, amen. My brother, my friend, my sister, you may be watching this and you may say, hey, I hear you talking about godly wisdom, but I don't really know a lot about God. And you may even not even know a great deal about Jesus. Well, friends, if you are curious about the faith or have any questions about the faith, you can email us at altogether at spdl.org. Or you could be sitting there and you may say, I've heard this message and I've been curious a long time, but I feel God leading me to open my heart to Jesus. If that is you, you don't have to wait for a certain date for you to get it all right, for you to get it together. You can accept Christ right now. All you have to do is repeat this prayer after me. Are you ready? I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died for me. And I confess that Christ is the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me tell you something. If I could hit a backflip, I would right now. Because if you have just accepted Jesus, heaven is excited, but we are too. Please let us know about it by emailing us at altogether at spdl.org. Or, friends, if you would like to give to this great ministry, you feel free to go to spdl.org and the giving option is there. Friends, as we prepare to depart from this virtual space, I want you to choose wisdom, but guard your hearts. God's not asking you to be the security guard of your heart, but he's asking that you would trust him to be. And so this week, I want you to embrace the wisdom that comes from God. I want you to build community, whether you do that virtually or physically. And most of all, I want you to trust that God knows best because God does. Have an amazing week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.